1: All right, everyone, hopefully starting a yearly tradition of doing a mock draft on this program before the actual NFL draft. I don't know why I've never had this idea before. And as always, uh, one of my buddies here to join me, Ben Gretsch, you know, just threw out the bat signal. Ben was down. So we're going to go through. We're going to go pick by pick. We're going to make all 31 picks in the first round. And let's just starting with this observation. I, I mean, some years, Ben, it's very easy to do a mock draft. You're like, I'm going to get eight picks, right? Almost no matter what I do. Like, the Raiders were taking Josh Jacobs. We knew that shit was happening. Sometimes we know, like, the first five picks in succession. This is a very weird year. I I am not even 100% convinced Bryce Young goes one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm confident in that, but I'm totally with you on the broad point that there is – uh. I mean, it feels like it's it's more fun this way, too, but it feels like the NFL's done a good job of kind of keeping a lot of this under wraps this year. It's super unclear what's going to actually happen, at least to me. Um, Especially,
1: like, with the betting markets reacting to rumors so crazily. Right, but they've, like,
2: they've done that over the last few years, but I, don't know, I, I guess I would have thought that would have um, tightened up over the years. But, yeah, I mean, it's been aggressive over the last... Uh, I mean, this year, again.
1: Over the last I, few I think weeks. last last year's quarterback class only having the one quarterback go in the first round after spending all off season talking about malik willis and sam howell sort of has us feeling that way too like there's no way four quarterbacks can go in the top 10 after what we just saw last year but that i mean that's what the betting markets are are saying like the betting I mean, markets are like these quarterbacks are all going in the first five picks
2: i think if i had the a- do one on my own right now and i've never done my own full mock draft we're gonna have fun with it the only reason i'm really here is to make sure that i mock the uh, uh Bijon to the cowboys to to annoy you
1: oh but... he's not <laughs> he's not getting there buddy the falcons the falcons have Bijan. i i'm
2: you, gonna talk telling- you out of the falcons i'm gonna talk you out of the falcons
1: all right well but, let's go i will let right. you go with the first pick you are on the clock as the carolina panthers with the first so overall pick
2: so the big thing that i've been I guess my big take at the beginning of draft it has been that Carolina might still trade out of this and just basically swap with Houston. We found out that Houston totally. wanted wanted to move up when the, when the bears were there and Carolina, when they originally came up, wanted to move back and the, the fact that they were like sort of first on Stroud and then they were really on Bryce young. Um, I don't know. I just, I think there's a possibility that we might still see the swap. We, we know that Houston really wants,
1: I, I think yeah. the weirdest timeline is the is the timeline that we are in, in which the Texans clearly want Bryce Young, but are not willing. If if the people who exist in the, the Panthers or the Texans front office and they're saying we think Bryce Young is has the potential to be a franchise quarterback and you piddle over, you know, we don't really want to give up this pick. We don't really want to give up that. Then you either your you, the front office doesn't trust the scouts, or they don't really think that Bryce Young is the franchise quarterback.
2: And now the talk is they're not going to go quarterback. I mean, they, there's a lot of options that I don't they, believe. That
1: yeah. I, I that I don't believe. I I think I think if they stick there to they're taking Stroud all because right. well, I'll,
2: I'll take young to Carolina at one. And, and then you have Houston at two. So what, what do you so think? We,
1: so we got young at one. I put out a mock this morning with my newsletter. I, I just have them taking Stroud. The betting markets basically have it like half Tyree Wilson, half Will Anderson, and then with Stroud clearly ahead of Levis and um, Anthony Richardson for the Texans, which I think makes sense given what we, all the reporting is that. Like Lance Zierlein is is close with them, and he said it's basically between those three guys: Anderson, Tyree Wilson, two two defensive players, two edge rushers, and C.J. Stroud. And to me, I'm just looking at this team, and I'm like, they're so bad, they're so pathetic without Deshaun Watson. I just I, another year of Davis Mills doesn't make sense unless they're really all in on let's be horrible again for another year and try and get Caleb Williams or Drake May next year. But I I'm going C.J. Stroud number two for the texans and i actually actually bet this as well there's a plus 450 out there on cj stroud at exactly number two and i took that i like that
2: i I especially like that as exactly number two because if there is a swap with the texans i would i would assume that if carolina were to fall back to two that's what they would be going to i like i like the call that you know a lot of this has been smokescreen because early on strad was the favorite to go one i mean yes and
1: all of this he was is- like minus 400 to go one right
2: it seems like we're this is all built off the s2 cognition test stuff and i mean it, it, there's a lot of smoke screens every year with this stuff right we don't really know how it's going to play out i'm not really buying the Stroud's fallen significantly I, I like the call for him at two are we doing trades? Because I got the Cardinals at three that I already want. Yeah, this if you if you
1: if if you want to do a trade, if you if you got the uh, the, the the theoretical framework, I'm I'm all down for trades. All right, I'm gonna move um,
2: Vegas back to seven and the Cardinals up to three to get the Cardinals.
1: The, you you, you might swap those. I, I, I said
2: that I said that backwards. Vegas up to three, the Cardinals back to seven, so the Vegas can come up and get Will Levis.
1: Okay. Yeah, so we have we have Levis number three to the Raiders. Okay. So why that is interesting to me is I think the Colts really want Levis. Yeah. That to me, doesn't he just feel doesn't he just feel like I, I don't know what Shane Snyken wants, but I know I've seen this front office and this owner make the same type of decisions every year at quarterback since Andrew Luck retired. And it all leads me to believe they really want Will Levis.
2: I, I mean I completely agree. I think they want him to. Uh, and then, but like the latest quotes and the, it just, it feels like he's not even going to be there at four. I think that, well, that's why I think a team would trade up to get him because they're like, I think, I think Vegas would be pretty confident. There's no way he's getting all the way back to seven. So they'd have to come up to get him.
1: I think you're, I think you're right. So I think Levis either goes at four or at five. Cause I also think the Seahawks probably are like the way they structured Gino's contract and just having the good fortune of getting this pick at five. It makes too much sense for them to, especially because whether it's levis or richardson they're both sort of the raw need to learn like need to get in the building need to learn and then like i guess the scouts are saying levis understands pro style passing offense but i just don't is, think carol is a built
2: do yeah. you think carol he's so old do you really think Pete Carroll wants to like build up a qb just,
1: he's got the he's got the youth of a he's got the youth of a much younger man you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean yeah like That's I, true. like I do. So I, I, but okay. So we, that throws a wrench in how I did my mock. Cause I just had Will Anderson going to the, I, I had the Cardinals just standing pat. I didn't have any trades in mind, which I, I think is obviously unlikely. I think this trade, I think this draft is pretty ripe. So I guess for the Raiders to go from seven to three, knowing that Arizona probably won't cling as closely to the trade value chart because they themselves don't need a quarterback they're probably thinking like this is sort of gravy, right? We we pick up, so we go from three to seven. We pick up what uh, a second rounder this year and a second rounder next year, and that's probably more than enough because they're still going to be a really good defensive player when they're picking so Right.
2: If Tyree does get pushed up into the Anderson Jalen Carter group, then there's basically three really good defensive players and you would still assume in this scenario, if it goes Bryce Stroud and then Vegas is coming up for Levis, the Richardson probably goes before you're up at seven. So like you, you're, you're probably getting all four QBs off the board and you're going to have a pretty good consolation prize uh, of a defensive player at seven. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I mean, worse. So in this universe, worst they could do as a defensive player at seven is Christian Gonzalez, but likely probably with the quarterback stuff in there, they're probably getting one of Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson, sort of depending on how this board goes now, in this universe, if Levis is really the guy the Colts want, I don't think they take Richardson. I actually think they just take will Anderson. I think uh I mean, in terms mm-hmm. of like in terms of like need, you know how big of a need is it for the Colts obviously like everything else uh like everything else doesn't matter if you don't have the quarterback their edge situation it's like they have they have guys you've heard of Quiddy pay is sort of like a fine player uh they they do have DeForest buckner on like as they're a tackle who's good at creating pressure from the interior i i think they just take will anderson i think i think if levis goes ahead of him i think they just take will anderson honestly
2: well then I'm on the clock with the Seahawks at five. And yeah. I don't think, I, I don't agree with your take that they would go QB. That they would take I, Richardson? Yeah, I, I think they think Gino, I mean, I know the way his contract is structured, but I think they think he's like a, I mean, that better gives enough. them flexibility, but yeah, he's good enough and they want to win. And they're they want to use this pick to be better this year to win. Like, I think they're trying to win a down division. Uh, I think they would take Jalen Carter in this situation. Who's a, you know, really top talent, obviously some off field stuff. Uh... And,
1: and that is defensive tackle is a bigger need for them than edge in general. Just like I, again, obviously I'm not stating, I'm not stating that um that I know the ins and outs of every edge rusher. This is like based off of like, you know, going through athletic articles and reading other mock drafts, but they have two guys, they have two edge rushers. Who are on expiring deals, but on the roster, who each had nine and a half sacks last year, which is pretty good. So I I actually agree with you. I think Jalen Carter feels more like. that. the the
2: biggest reason I've heard this might not happen is people say, well, the Seahawks have had some trouble with like you know off-field players uh, in the draft in the past. Like I've I've seen Malik McDowell brought up. I just don't really buy that. I think Pete Carroll's whole thing throughout his whole coaching tenure has been like, I I totally agree with this. We're a culture team. Richard Sherman, Marshawn Lynch, those types of guys w- yeah. existed and thrived in, in Seattle. They've always tried to acquire guys that they thought would be they could get them into the into the uh building in Seattle and and they would be a good fit there and they they'd get this positive, you know, culture. And so anyway, I don't think they have any issue with that.
1: Yeah, I, I that is my that would be my exact same read on it is that they probably pride themselves on being an organization that's like we can bring someone in who's maybe a little bit undervalued but our culture our winning ethos is going right. to fix all of that. DK uh, Metcalf, I think that was part of why
2: Metcalf yes. fell a little bit. Yeah.
1: I mean they yeah, they've, they've right. made
2: they've made those picks and they've worked too. So, yeah.
1: So this actually even puts me in a better fan fiction universe than than the mock draft I did where Anthony Richardson goes to Seattle because Anthony Richardson going to Detroit is actually even more fun. You put him in there with with Swift and St. Brown and jameson williams like it it just becomes they become they're already twitter's favorite team but then they really become twitter's favorite team now goff's contract i think is a little bit more onerous i think it's a little bit more difficult to get out of i'm gonna look up yeah so they just passed well his cap hit is not that big and it expires after next year and if you have anthony richardson on a rookie deal it's actually probably not so goff's cap hit this year's 30 million next year it's 31 million but if you i mean anthony richardson rookie cap hit jared goff that still is about equal to you know uh, what what Derek Carr is getting paid or whatever so it's it's not terrible um i i i feel pretty good about that i i just don't think anthony richardson gets past one of seattle or detroit so yeah uh, this, i
2: mean it would be fun i i would hope they would you know make i would hope this they would do move. it yeah All right, so Um,
1: through six picks, Young, Stroud, Levis, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Anthony Richardson, all four of the big quarterbacks are off of the board. You're up now with your traded pick with the Arizona Cardinals at seven.
2: Yeah, so the Cardinals come back to seven. A lot of people are mocking Tyree Wilson to them at three, and that reportedly they might like him even more than Will Anderson on the edge. He's still there. I also think like an offensive tackle could be in play for him, but I'm just going to take – Tyree for this exercise because I think you know you trade back and this guy that you maybe liked at three anyway is still there, there. You probably just take him.
1: <laughs> I think you're again. I think that I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty spot on. Um, Paris Johnson. I did. I have been hearing these rumors that uh, these mumblings that Paris Johnson is a lock to be a top ten pick. I, I think he still probably will go top ten no matter what. But it does feel like in this exercise, like it just works out exactly honestly looking at it, it makes me be like both these teams should actually do this because the Raiders are going to get frozen out of quarterback if they don't do this and the Cardinals are guaranteeing themselves one of uh, one of Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson or, or absolute worst case scenario, they can get a stud offensive tackle, which right. they, they, they kind of need. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's why I think that trade makes the most sense. And it really wouldn't be that surprising me if it happens. That's the one that I'm kind of eyeing.
1: All right, we got the Atlanta Falcons here. Talk me out of giving them Bijan Robinson. Well, Talk so, me out of it. I
2: got I got this tweet from Ryan McChrystal uh, like a week ago. I don't know if you saw, it, but in Terry Fontenot's roles as director of scouting, assistant GM, and GM, ten years in total, his teams have drafted one running back inside the top 150 picks. It was Alvin Kamara at number 67, third round pick. They they've also drafted just five running backs total. Two are in the seventh round they i mean there are some te- we talk a lot about running backs don't matter on this there are some teams some gm some organizations and 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 people within the league that do seem to understand you can't put a ton of resources into the running back position there are other teams that don't seem to necessarily believe the same way and those are the ones that we spend a lot of time arguing about whether they should you know use premium picks on running backs etc that's pretty damning evidence right there one pick in the top 150 picks of of drafts in his 10 years in an NFL front office system.
1: Okay. So I don't I'm I'm not even needing to dispel that. How like what what level of sway do you think Arthur Smith has over this selection and over the front office in general? Like is this a the That's coach great. is being treated as a rental employee or the coach is sort of be this is a a um you know Bill Belichick, uh, Parcel style. Like this guy is the CEO because if 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 it's fifty one forty nine to Arthur Smith, <laughs> they're fucking taking Bijan Robinson. A, that was I, a
2: great that was a great spin because if 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 Arthur Smith has any say, I, I'm with you, man. I think I think they're taking
1: him. Yeah, I'm I'm going Bijan here. Other other possibilities for Bijan because it gets if if Atlanta doesn't take him and Chicago doesn't take him, you're looking at. Patriots as the wild card team, but then down to like the Cowboys. Honestly, as as the other, and and there are plenty of teams that have incentive to trade. And this is a weird draft because multiple teams have multiple first round picks. Multiple teams have no first round picks. So it it get it's going to get weird. Like I think we're going to see some weird trades in the twenties. But I I am going to select Bijan Robinson to the Falcons. I just think so much of their decision making like taking Pitt so high, taking Drake London over Kenny Pickett, for example. Like, I just think they're like, we just want to get a bunch of playmakers. We just want to get a bunch of blue chip guys and then kind of just let the season fall where it may. And I mean, we know, like what they had that drive after Mariota threw that pick last year, they had a drive where they ran 15 straight plays. Like in their minds, they're not even saying, oh yeah, you know, we take Bijan and then that means Tyler Algier is, is put out to pasture or whatever, like they're like, no, we're going to run the ball five hundred times as a team.
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, it, I, I don't, it I don't want to see it. For I don't want to see it either. <laughs> but it would not be that surprising, obviously. Uh, with no. the Bears at nine, I'm just going to break the the offensive tackle seal. And take Paris Johnson. I think they got to protect Justin Fields.
1: Like, yep, uh, that one. That one feels uh, just extremely straightforward. It's it's the, the biggest need. They have a terrible offensive line. They they need Paris Johnson more than they need Smith and Jigba. They need really because they're getting. I mean, we're we're the the clock is ticking on figuring out if Justin Fields is a guy worth paying this extension to or not. And the the horrible sack rate is the knock against him. But I think you could reasonably argue the sack rate is so fed into them literally having the worst offensive line in of football, at least partially. So I just I, I think they feel like a lock to either trade down or just take the highest offensive tackle on the board
2: for sure.
1: Yeah. All right. The Eagles at 10, they're kind of interesting because they're they're a fanfic spot for wide receivers. I don't think that makes sense. I think this front office is more about the edge rushers and which is, again, is weird because we have two fallers here sort of at cornerback and Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon but I think that Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia, just looking at the combination of the betting markets and at grinding the mocks, he's viewed as the next best edge rusher behind Tyree Wilson and behind will Anderson. I, I think this is a, a pretty logical fit. And we know we I mean, how we they have another they have pick at thirty one two. they might take another edge rusher. like they might take two because they just they love to have like they want to have like six of these guys because they rotate them so much
2: fair enough that puts me
1: this this was a hard pick when i was working on when i was working on moxie earlier this because they're they haven't really chosen a direction they don't have any wide receivers they don't have an offensive line and they also need defensive backs but obviously in rebuilding you wouldn't think of defensive backs as being the starting spot you you would think of offensive line but the cornerbacks here are better than the offensive linemen
2: Right. And then, but then the fun thing, the fanfic thing is, yeah, take JSN pairing with Traylon Burks. You have this outside receiver, you have the slot receiver and they'll actually, you know, be able to do fun stuff. But I think you're right. I think it's gotta be cornerback just because when you look at like grinding the mocks, Devin Witherspoon's been the number six overall player. He's expected to go kind of in the top 10, um, Christian Gonzalez is the other one. I'm looking at some other mocks that that is in the it's, top it's, ten for some. The
1: the mocks are pretty split on which one because okay. Witherspoon's really small. So some some mock drafters are like, yeah, he's really good, but he's too small. So we don't we don't we're not buying the team. Basically, you have any idea
2: where Tennessee leans in their preference for cornerbacks? I don't. I, I wouldn't know which they would prefer. I but...
1: I would I would guess just not. I mean, not knowing hardly anything else, I I would guess. That they would lean on the bigger guy. That would just be Vrabel's thing, right?
2: Yeah, that seems to make sense. That's kind of what I was thinking to why I asked. So that would be
0: Gonzalez. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that, that's who I that's who I had in. Let's do it. That's that's who I had in mind. So this next pick, the Houston Texans at 12, this is a mind fuck because in this fictional universe where they draft CJ Stroud, it just makes all the sense in the world to just have them take Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? You you load you you give Stroud his Binky from his junior year or from his sophomore year, but he's not even close to the best prospect on the board, right? So we still have Broderick Jones, we still have Miles Murphy, we have two really good offensive tackles, Peter Skoronsky and Darnell Wright. Like just kind of the way it's working out. It's, uh, my my heart and head feel very split here. Um, I I want to give them Smith and Jigba, but I well. I don't know. Let's let me take a little bit closer look at uh the Texans draft needs because in the one I did earlier, I still had um I still had one, uh, Nolan Smith on the board. But they do need a wider you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just yeah. give them Smith and Jigba. Just do like it. it's it's cool. It's like it it is it is it's one of those things where like I feel like maybe the guys in the room even feel it if it works out this way. They're like, we got Stroud jsn is here like why don't we just do it i, I it's the most fun selection
2: i mean the fan if nothing else people who may be listening to this podcast who have rooted for the texans if anyone still roots for the texans they'll have at least like a little bit of enjoyment from hearing the possibility that their team might do something fun on this pod before they inevitably do something different on thursday night
1: yeah 100 all right absolute this is this was the hardest pick that i did In my mock, I changed it. I changed it like four times. You have the Green Bay Packers, who far and away their number one need is a tight end. Like they got they got nothing out of tight end. They don't even really have good wide receivers either. But JSN is off the board again in this fictional universe. They also need a safety, but there is not a top 20 safety in this class, really. It would be a huge reach to take Brian Branch here. And they I mean, every team always needs edge rushers, and there are a couple good ones here. Um Miles Murphy, well, wh- Luke one of the
2: one of the implications with the pick swap with the Jets as part of the Rogers deal that I saw was that they might be trying to leapfrog the Patriots specifically for offensive tackle because the Patriots might be in um the market for an offensive. Tackle the, pa- and-
1: the Patriots, if they don't take an offensive tackle, I mean. Who, Matt, who can predict the Patriots? But I would be shocked if they don't take an offensive tackle if the board falls this way.
2: Right, the board falls this way. You got Peter Skaronski, Northwestern boy, Big Ten boy, Green Bay. I think they're taking the. I mean, it's not local kid, but like what a state over the Stanin.
1: Yeah, I, this I this Great this Lakes region. <laughs> this this more closely aligns with the betting markets having them take having them take Skaronsky. and and it does also. It just makes sense, right? Like they need it. They're and uh, an offensive tackle if he's really good. I mean, it's probably the second most important position to nail on offense, honestly. I mean, you pay that guy, he, he pays for you for 10 years. Like it doesn't matter if Jordan Love stinks, he'll be there for your next good quarterback, a- assuming that he stays healthy. So I'm with you. All right, I have the Patriots here. Um, very easy for me. I am gonna take uh actually i'm not going to take broderick jones i'm going to take darnell Wright because i think the patriots will never stick exactly to the patriots will never stick exactly to the way that, i mean they'll probably take some d2 left tackle i've never heard of who you know the, the the sequel to the cole strange pick but their needs are just so clear like their offensive line was so bad last year and they're a team that wants to run like it just they they gotta take a tackle here
2: so we still have Devin Witherspoon.
1: Yes, we we still have Dev, we still have Devin Witherspoon. But honestly, this is I, I think this is actually a real possibility. Like sometimes you get into these alternate realities of mock drafts where you painted yourself into a corner. But I actually think he's a I think he's a realistic faller because some teams, I mean, for example, the Packers would even if they had no cornerbacks on the roster, they're so strict about guys inside of their size modeling. Like some teams are just not going to draft guys like this
2: sure makes sense um i don't think the jets make a lot of sense either It's part of why i was thinking that because of sauce no the the they jets are at the nickel
1: the jets are probably i mean devin witherspoon is is just like uh not uh a, a, a physical specimen at all
2: what i mean so the jets on mock i'm looking at as broderick jones to so the jets do they yeah. go tackle here i mean i think they're still trying to figure out their tackle spots right with makai beckton having been injured they, they
1: they don't have they don't have an answer at all really yeah
2: right so i think that's I, i've been reading is sort of the development option Dwayne brown what is he a free agent after this year if i'm not mistaken
1: yeah they're all they're all like i don't i don't remember the exact specifics i was doing the research this morning but basically it was like the Jets are the Jets are like super screwed if they don't get one offensive line starter out of this draft in some degree. It doesn't matter if they have to shuffle him around. Doesn't matter if the guy they draft has to play left tackle or right tackle. They just can't have ayahuasca Aaron playing behind the offensive line that they have right now, basically. For
2: sure. So let's take Broderick. That makes it three straight O tackles. Because you took uh you took Darnell Wright for the pads. Yeah, we got
1: we got Skaronsky, we got Wright, and we got Broderick Jones. I again Which
2: doesn't I... like that that to me makes me think this could the jets were maybe willing to trade from 13 back to 15 because they're wanting to go options. a different way yeah well maybe because there's options or maybe because they're thinking of going a different way because it'd be kind of odd for them to have traded back these two picks and then take the third of the three tackles but maybe maybe and there the are you framed it is, is right that there's options
1: there are uh, i mean so the jets would also have the option of taking an edge here you know they could take they could take miles murphy they could take Lucas a quarterback Van Lucas Van Ness yeah like there are they they're not they're not in a bad spot with this pick swap at all but again also would make sense for the pack the a, a reason the packers could want to do it is if they think the texans take an edge or something that that gets them into a better spot to take jsn as well um 16 is it too year, early
2: for like michael mayer to, to pop up from i in from my Notre in Day? my
1: first mock draft i had the packers taking michael mayer um, in this spot, and, well, yeah, but then I went back and realized I didn't have Jalen Carter getting picked, so I had to go back I had to go back and, <laughs> I had to go back and rework it but it it uh that was so the the big rumors right now are that the Cowboys and the Packers both really want Michael Mayer it's just a matter of if my, taking Michael Mayer at 13 makes sense for Green Bay I think yeah, but it, to me it does because if Michael Mayer is a hit like, Drafting tight ends is so weird. Like George Kittle is a fifth round pick. No offense, the fifth overall pick. George Kittle is like you know so much better. Like it, it, it tight ends just are so random. But getting the hit is really valuable. We can we can end the Devin Witherspoon fall here. We can have him go to the Commanders. The Commanders have like nothing at cornerback. They uh, they they have Kendall Fuller, but he's like the slot. They don't have a slot corner which used to not be a big deal, right? You play 4-3 three, or 3-4, three, but, but now nickel is your base set. So if you don't have a starting slot corner, you don't really have one at all. And the the athletic bloggers, the the guys who do the commander's coverage, think cornerback and offensive line are their biggest needs, but they're, they're at the bad run of the offensive tackle run here.
2: That makes sense. I got Pitt after that, and one of the best available players – by you know the the mock averages is joey porter jr
1: i i think they're they're either yes that's that's Steelers legend
2: joey porter i think mike tomlin and the steelers are definitely game for that are definitely game for going and getting joey porter jr
1: and it's a real it's a real need for them too um they they i mean with some of these teams you kind of look through the draft need stuff and you're like well, yeah, they're just like a very mediocre team. So, getting a blue chip player any position, honestly, like the commanders, it's like, I don't know, you could tell me the commanders take anyone and it would be a need because they're just such a mediocre for team. Sure. Same deal. Same, like, I think the Steelers could take a wide receiver here, setting up to trade away or not pay Deontay Johnson. But if the, the two most likely selections for the Packers or for the Steelers to me are uh whatever edge rushers there murphy or van ness or i i'm totally with you joey porter jr does it just feels like that's who they're gonna take right it feels like
2: too too perfect of a fit
1: yeah i'm with you all right i'm going off the board here i'm i'm up on the board with the second detroit lions selection and big mock draft big nfl you know peter king daniel jeremiah all, all these guys they've already said oh, Jamison Williams suspension doesn't mean anything. It's not going to change the line strategy. They know who they want. They have their board. I think that's bullshit. I think that's such bullshit because (laughs) not only do you have to worry about the first six games of the season where you're playing uh, Josh Reynolds and Marvin Jones Jr. Yes, that Marvin Jones Jr. He's back. He's on the Detroit Lions again (laughs) and he's projecting as a day one starter for them right now. But you got to worry about the range of outcomes for Jamison Williams as a whole now i mean starting your career acl tear 78 snaps in six games then you miss the developmental time in year two you come back in the middle of the season like it's just it it widens the range of outcomes for to me for more bust outcomes and because st brown is the slot guy you still need the long-term answer on the outside i am gonna go way down the board here and i'm giving Quinton johnston to who the Detroit lions as their number 18 overall selection. This is, this was the farthest I went away from consensus, I think.
2: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, with the Williams pick and then bringing back Marvin Jones and they like Josh Reynolds. And then obviously they have almond it, it The suspension's real, but it would surprise me if they went wide receiver in the first round right now. I mean, I feel like they probably think they have enough depth there, but
1: it's it's, he, it's he really gives them a
2: physicality. So at the receiver. other,
1: the other thing you have to think of is they have no tight end. So it's not like you're like, okay, we lose Jameson Williams and, you know, our tight. Like, no, like they're playing like Brock Wright as their tight end. And not to say they don't get a tight end in this draft, they probably do. But again, counting on a rookie tight end to start, like you never know. It just, it, to me, it feels like if you're only worried about the sixth game absence, obviously taking Johnston here doesn't matter at all but if you're taking the longer lens and you just took Anthony Richardson and you're trying to build this like fun, explosive offense, it it does make, and maybe this is just me being a fantasy football nerd or whatever, and kind of wish casting it, but it, it just makes all the sense in the world. To me. No,
2: I think, I mean, I think smart teams are stockpiling depth at receiver at cornerback at these positions. Cause that's the way that the league's moving more receivers, more cornerbacks in the field. I think it makes sense from that regard. I don't think, it would shock me for any team to take like a wide, just to take wide receiver depth. You know, it's just, it it, it was just sort of surprising. It's not something I would like think of immediately for Detroit, but I can get it. I mean, they haven't had that kind of size and physicality at wide receiver since, I mean, Galladay gave him some, but you know, probably since Calvin really, he's,
1: he's the Johnston is the replacement for the shark role that they were using, but he's like, he can do way more. Like he's not as limited as DJ shark is. Um, also wouldn't surprise me if they were a Michael Meyer team either, you know, because again, they literally do not have a, like what Brock Wright has like 17 career catches or something. Like they've got no tight end set up on the roster. Um, you you have a terrible pick here. You're picking 19th for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers whose draft needs are every position. Everything.
2: Yeah. I'm just gonna say uh Lucas Van Ness, who's the next that's sort of why, like best that's why player available to them as well. Yeah, yeah, he's the next best edge rusher. Um, edges a need for them. They could be looking at multiple different edges here. Miles Murphy from Clemson's another one. That's a possibility. Uh, I've seen tackle as a big a big one that'd be mentioned here, but um, the way that this it's, is falling, it seems yeah, like it's, it's a good thinner spot. Tackle,
1: yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, what that what the Buccaneers have to be hoping for is they have to be hoping that one of Anthony Richardson or Will Levis that all the steam is fake. And that actually no one really wants them and that they're going to be like this. It's going to be Kenny Pickett, you know, from last year where we we were told, oh, yeah, Kenny Pickett, top five. All these teams want him. And then actually no one really wants him. One of those four
2: QBs that we took in the top, what, six picks? You're saying one could fall away down here to 19.
1: I I, it's it's, uh, you know, depending on the mock draft, you re- because. Yeah, it's not I,
2: crazy. But why like it's that-
1: possible is, OK, if you if you go through. The Falcons don't really seem like a threat. Maybe on the very outside, they would be interested in Richardson, but the bears, the Eagles, probably not the Titans. The Texans won't the Packers. Won't the Patriots. Won't the Jets. Won't commanders. Maybe Steelers won't lions. If they do it, it'll be at five. So like, you don't have to squint that hard to see one of these guys squeaking through.
2: Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. No, we've seen that happen. I mean, Aaron Rodgers just got traded this week. He pops to mind immediately. He was in heavy discussion to be the number one pick, and then ended up going like 21 that year, right? Like, he just fell and fell and fell and fell because it's like no one else is really in the quarterback market. So,
1: yeah. yeah. 100%. But Lucas Van Ness, I mean, again, everything is a need for them. He's a pretty highly rated prospect. This is right about where the grinding the mock stuff has him going. Um, all right, so I'm up next. I've got the Seattle Seahawks' second pick. In this fictional universe, they took Jalen Carter, defensive tackle at number five. I'm just going to give them the best available edge, who actually is a little bit higher rated than this Miles Murphy. He's an edge from Clemson. Just, I mean, again, taking him at, at, you wouldn't, I I don't think you would reach on the next best. Well, maybe they do take Tyree Wilson at five, but again, looking at this board, Van Ness could be here. Uh, the K State edge will be here. Like there, there are better edge guys for them to take at twenty than than defensive tackles. So giving them Miles Murphy. I, and I don't. It doesn't feel like they take a wide receiver. It Doesn't feel like they take a tight end. Like feels like they're. I mean, maybe an offensive tackle. Maybe they reach on one of these offensive tackles. Um, but they they kind of need like a guard or a center, and that would be reaching at this point too.
2: All right, I got the Chargers. And I've had enough of the way that they've built around Justin Herbert over the last few years. I was just talking about wide receiver depth. Literally last year, both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams missed time. They can't get anyone else to step up. Josh Palmer does not have a very good year for a guy who is, you know, s- supposed to be able to step into he's, a bigger he's role fine. if that happens. He's
1: fine, but he's, he's not. He's fine.
2: Yeah. Fine. We'll, we'll say he's fine. But when both the top two receivers get hurt, you'd expect him to draw more volume than he did. He wasn't very good in, like, targets part running any of that stuff. And he wasn't really competing with anyone. Gerald Everett was seeing more volume than him on a per route basis. The guy they need, Jordan Addison, yep, was a very good Blitnikoff winner, very good at pit. Last year didn't have as much raw production, and a lot of people have pointed that as a huge negative after he transferred to USC. But he just ran a lot fewer routes for whatever reason. If you look at it
1: from a per route.
2: Basis, his targets because They were run.
1: they were blowing everyone out. Every game USC played, they were up by like twenty-eight at halftime.
2: Right. And so his, his targets per outrun, his yards per out run, his you know, all of that pretty consistent to his Bolitnikoff winning year the year prior. Way less of a fall off when you just look at it. I mean, the main fall off for Addison was that he ran fewer routes. So he's still like so instead, you what you wind up with if you realize it, like he didn't get like worse last year, is you have a three-year profile early to clear. That's the type of stuff that works at wide receiver traditionally. I mean, I think it'd be a really good ad. Um, not really like in the Keenan Allen mold, not really in the Mike Williams mold, kind of complimentary to both. We might actually get Justin Herbert a third weapon that would that, you know, other than Austin Eckler out of the backfield, like a third downfield weapon. Please let it be. So this was, this was it. what
1: I, this was what I had in my mock. He is the most, he is the most logical uh, destination, I think for like, uh, I think he's, something the chargers need i actually think he is kind of in the keenan allen mold though so i actually think not that not that he can't sure. be on this the field the same time as keenan allen but i think he's sort of the heir to keenan allen's role that he's had for the yeah. chargers for the last decade is that as keenan allen gets phased out jordan addison can take on more and more he of can those take, responsibilities he
2: can take the targets in those lower depths for sure but he also like you go back to his pit year I mean, it's 1,786 air yards. Like he was, he, he is a vertical element to his game as well. 12.48 odd, certainly above average. He can get downfield probably. I mean, I don't want to say more than Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen can do it fine. And Keenan Allen's a, obviously a long time Pro Bowl wide receiver, but we're hoping Addison's good. But yeah, I agree with you. Addison could be kind of the long-term replacement for Allen, but also ideally be able to win at all
1: depths. Also, right? I mean, also low key, maybe a replace. I mean, we forget that Austin Eckler like demanded a trade and said playing for the chargers would be worst case <laughs> scenario. Like, so that means they might have 120 passes. They got to throw to someone else this upcoming year, you know, and, and you don't want, I don't think you want to be targeting Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams, 350 combined times. So, and, and you don't, I don't think you want to give hundred targets to Josh Palmer or Gerald Everett either. And even going deeper than that, kind of related to the Quentin Johnson pick, they have no depth like no behind those three guys, they have guys you've never heard of. You know, uh Michael Bandy, who was running routes for them last year, is in the XFL, like literally is is in gonna be in the XFL playoffs, is playing for the Houston Roughnecks. <laughs> so it's it's uh it's it's tough. Or maybe Arlington. I don't but he is in the XFL. He was
2: running like eighty percent of the routes a couple times for them last year. Like yeah. that's how
1: so <laughs> it's Wolf. they have no depth. So this it just and it, it I I we we do keep hearing the NFL is lower on this wide receiver class than the, the mock drafters think. You know, uh, Ben Albright was tweeting that Albert Breer said stuff like that. But just sometimes you just see these fits that are so good. Uh, all right, the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, who the fuck knows? Like, I don't know. They could take Hendon Hooker. They could like they they do have a lot of needs, but their entire organization is being. I, you know, not held hostage, but they just, they don't have a direction as an organization right now because they don't know who's playing cornerback for them. But I have uh, consistently seen uh, this cornerback. I got to go find Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback from Mississippi state, like four of the big mock drafts from, you know, big draft people that have came out this last week had Emmanuel Forbes going uh, even sometimes ahead of Deontay banks who went to Maryland. So denying that in-state connection, So I'm just going to go with people who know more than me. And I'm going with Emmanuel Forbes, a cornerback from Mississippi state. Don't know anything about Emmanuel Forbes. Don't, don't know the scouting report. I'm just reading the tea leaves and the Ravens love to take defensive players in the first round. Anyway.
2: I mean, that's good enough for me. I can't refute just
1: reading the tea leaves. Um... These, these hardest thing for me in mock drafts is teams that pick like 20 or later, who right. don't need an offensive player? I'm like, I don't fucking know, man. Like, you know, it might so be.
2: And, and also, when you get to uh, what I thought you were going to say there, when you get to 20 or later, it's like, it could be a guy that has a mid two grade. Like, once yes. you get up to oh, the top easily. 20, these guys suddenly wind up and you're like, all right, well, because no so one teams, no one was teams, projecting this guy to go 22, but he went 22.
1: And teams know? might really value having the fifth year option on a guy for whatever reason. Like, it's famously why the Ravens traded back up to get Lamar. Like, they're yeah. just. This is at a point that I think is just very hard to project in general.
2: Which is where I'm at with the Vikings, who I weird, have not weird pick. a lot of research on. I don't know. Like, I have no idea what I would do if I was like the, I, I've seen uh, Hen and Hooker to them a lot. I don't, I mean, Kirk Cousins may not be it, there after this It feels this year, literally
1: but, insane to take Hen and Hooker. Right.
2: They have needs. Like, they have, like, re- regression. They have uh, cap issues. They need, like, a, a good player on a cost-controlled rookie contract. I've seen, like, the wide receivers going here, and I'm like, well, if you have Justin Jefferson, like, he's going to beat triple coverage, and he's going to make everyone else get a play in single coverage. I don't think it's, like, that big of a need, especially because TJ Hawkinson was a hit at tight end last year. It's a need, but, like, I don't know if you have to do it in the first when you have other needs. I mean, I think they probably need to go corner. Yeah. But you you were just talking about this Deontay Banks guy. Is he the next best corner available then? yeah i I mean
1: most 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 it's it's like banks or forbes are kind of like the the coin flip i mean most people think banks is better but i'm just writing the like uh peter king had forbes here uh i want to say mcshay's had forbes to the ravens so that's why i did it what this is a little pocket the ravens the vikings and the jaguars all need cornerbacks which makes this a weird little pocket of the draft
2: yeah i'm gonna go banks then that's not a crazy pick for the Vikings, right they need they need corner no no
1: that that's most of the team riders have cornerback or uh, defensive tackle as the number one need, but the best defensive tackle is more like a early second round style pick. so this banks makes more sense
2: sweet that's what we're going with for the Vikings
1: uh so the Jaguars again are one of those weird teams where it's like they don't really need that much on offense they've Signed Evan Ingram to the extension. They're adding Calvin Ridley. They paid Christian Kirk all that money. They got way more out of Zay Jones than they thought. The offensive line is actually pretty strong, you know. So they're not really looking. They're not really looking at sort of those classic positions that you're thinking of, like a team that won a playoff game last year. So I think they're probably going to take a corner or an edge rusher top of our board. We have edge rushers. We got the kid from Notre Dame, Isaiah Foskey. We have uh, Will McDonald who went to Iowa state and we have, you know, we, we just passed the elite tier of both for these guys. Feels like maybe they could make a luxury pick of a tight end because they're like, you know, we, we hit the absolute jackpot with Evan Ingram last year. Let's not count on that again, but I'm just going to give them the best available corner. Again, I'm not giving you a scouting report on Kelly Ringo, Calais Ringo, uh, but he went to Georgia that's good enough for me. You were you were a defensive starter at Georgia. Right. Good enough. Good enough for me. So I got him going to the Jaguars.
2: That works.
1: Um,
2: so the yeah, Giants. Just, just being a George boy.
1: I got a I got a good I got a good fact for you here about the Giants. I love it because I don't know what to
2: do with the Giants. So tell me. I,
1: I think they're about to make a massive reach because they do not have a natural center on the roster. Oh. They don't have they don't have a center. And they just signed all these guys at wide uh, they just signed all these guys at wide receiver. Now but Quint Johnston, the guy who would make sense for them to get an outside guy, he's gone. They don't really need a tight end. They just traded for Darren Waller. I I in my mock draft, I had them taking a guy who's like in the 50s on big boards, most uh Wisconsin ass offensive guard named John Tippman. John Joe oh, Tipman. he's a guard. John Tippman. He's, he's a center. He's a center. He started it. He started what about this for... John
2: Michael Schmitz guy? I thought that's where you were same, going. He... Same
1: same deal. Bo- Big 10 centers, right? Big 10 centers from Wisconsin, Minnesota. I think you could t- – this is the only team that would take them in the first round. Yeah. But it's, it is, it's one of the cases of the team need being so glaring. I don't see so, how you avoid it. This is
2: where I was going to go here was to center. I yeah. was gonna take the Schmitz guy, but I mean sell me on your dude from Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin and Minnesota. It's the two It's literally ten.
1: my my thought process is I don't ever remember an offensive lineman being drafted from Wisconsin and being bad. Like, <laughs> like uh, I, I mean, uh the, Cow- the Cowboys took a guy in the fourth round, Tyler uh Badiaz Badias, and he was like a third or fourth round pick, and he started for them week one of his career and is like never missed a game. He's like he's like um, the wisconsin offensive linemen it's like drafting doesn't have to be that hard
2: all right that's who we're taking who i don't even remember what his name was but we're taking the wisconsin offensive lineman i'm just putting center on my sheet
1: like the giants are going
2: center like he's also
1: the... he's he's also huge he's 6'6 315 like he's he is a he is a big Dude, boy
2: the way that they want to play i mean they were so they're pretty run heavy uh, I, yeah I, investing in interior offensive line just like It would just, it just makes sense. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, but it just makes sense for some reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It does. All right. Very easy here. If the, if, if this plays out this way for the Cowboys, Jerry Jones is going to do, he's going to move the fastest he's moved in years to call in Michael Meyer, uh, at, at pick 26 for the Dallas Cowboys. They, they love him. They want him. Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot are the only tight ends on the roster. Dalton
2: Schultz is in Houston now.
1: Dalton Schultz is in Houston, even in this fictional universe. Uh, so let's say another team hops up for Michael Meyer. I think they take Kincaid. I mean, I just think, I just think they, I just think they need a tight end and want a tight end so bad, you know? um, I mean, I can't, I can't call any great memories of what a fucking Brian Schottenheimer offense is like, but I do remember When Mike McCarthy was in Green Bay, they'd be carrying like five tight ends at a time. You know, like they just, they just want to, they just want to have them. This, this again feels so obvious. Like I, I just think Michael Myers is going to be a cowboy.
2: I like it. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I, You, uh... you
1: have a, you have a hard, you have a hard pick here because the Bills either, we want the bills to take a wide receiver but they and all the positions they want are not in glory positions it's like guard or like nose tackles
2: and i mean one of the things with the, the bills over the last few years i've actually really enjoyed seeing from them is that they love taking highly productive like like sort of like rotovision like you know these analytical yeah. like wide receivers they Gabe Davis had that profile. Isaiah Hodgins, they took, he was hurt a little bit. They ended up cutting him. He, he does well with the Giants. Um, Khalil Shakir last year, same type of dude. They've been a, And so the guy here on most boards is Zay Flowers, but he's not like really in that mold. He's a four-year guy, wasn't super productive until his final year. He's more of a film grinder, wide receiver buff. I don't yeah. think it's the Bills MO to go take him. There's some talk that they like Josh Downs to play the slot for them. And I think that would actually be a really good fit. He'd be like the new Cole Beasley. He's pretty limited, but really good agility numbers, good explosive explosion numbers, and, and has the production as like a pretty pure slot guy. But he's only like, you know, 5'9", 177 or something. He's a really small dude. Yeah. not going to be like an outside receiver. Downs
1: Downs and Hyde are both really small.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I think it would be surprising to see them go him here as well. Uh, but I don't really have another pick.
1: It's well, make. it's just so the things they need they need a linebacker and they need tackles. So there is a good tackle here, the guy from Pittsburgh, Khalid Jacancy, But it's like we got Josh Allen and we're, you know, we're relying on Khalil Shakir this year. Like I, I think you can make a very strong argument that they sort of go off the board and take Downs or Hyatt here because the guys available are not. Blue chippers and wide receivers such an obvious need for a team that wants to throw as much as they do.
2: All right, it's, let's it's do tough. it. Yeah, no, I, I. So the other one I was just thinking, uh, um, I think that makes sense. I was thinking through, well, I was looking at Brian Branch from Alabama, the safety because they do, they Hyde do need Hyde a safety. Employer, yeah, yeah. employer Poyer are still under contract. Are they like on the final years of their deal? I, I remember.
1: They're they're also entering their age 32 seasons and they were like both hurt all of last year. Like yeah, they dude. were they just both kept getting and Matt Milano, too. That's the other thing is you'd never want to take uh, teams, smart teams like this hate to take first round linebackers. And there aren't linebackers that are really this high on the board. But they were a team that just kept getting gashed last year because their linebackers either stunk or were hurt. Like Matt Milano just kept getting hurt.
2: So Poyer re-signed, I think. he's he, He's got a two-year deal. He's under contract through 2024. Hyde, Hyde is the
1: one who's a free agent.
2: He's going to be a free agent after this year. Maybe they don't go safety. The other guy I was looking at was Jameer Gibbs. But, I mean, they brought in Damian Harris. But Gibbs, is there's been a lot of buzz. It's, that it's, he, he it, there's go. been a
1: lot of buzz that he might go in the first round.
2: Right. And he would be a fun, explosive-type player. But, I mean, they, they traded for Hines last year. They brought in Damian Harris. They have James Cook. Probably not going running back again, but they have had some fun going after running backs. All right, Let's go. What were you saying the the offensive tackle?
1: They well they need they need like a guard. They need they oh. or they could they could take one of these. They could take one of these tackles too. Uh but they're we're pretty far down the the board at tackle now.
2: What was um, the case you were making? Oh, uh, offensive guard. Or well, defensive they need,
1: tackle. They they do need uh so they have uh they have three Did guys, you- all three of their guys who played snaps this last year are set to be free agents after this season so adding a rotational guy this year who's under contract for five more years is pretty strong and there there are decent there's brian breeze from clemson and collage of like they're two decent defensive tackles here all right i, I don't really I, know what I, they're I, gonna do
2: i don't know the trenches you're over here spouting off a bunch of stuff about their d tackles and their interior offensive lineups I,
1: I think cansey is higher in the betting markets all
2: right let's say cansey
1: okay All right. We got, we got this. We're, we're working for you guys. Gretchen and I, Gretchen and I are (laughs) for you guys. Uh, All right. I'm going, I'm going, this is my other one. That's way off the board, but I think you're going to like this one. I think you're going to agree with my logic here on pick 28 for the Bengals. So what are the two things the Bengals need? They need a guy to catch passes at tight end because they got Irv Smith Jr. And no one else. (laughs) Right. It's like, I think Devin Asiasi, is their backup tight end right now. But Herb Smith Jr. is making, he's like $1.2 million and it's not even fully guaranteed. But they also need to keep Joe Burrow off his ass because the offensive line was really bad last year. The tackles here are not great. This is my logic. Why not draft a guy who can do both, which is Darnell Washington? He's like the best blocking tight end since George Kittle, he's unbelievable. Like the, the 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 videos of him doing the sled compared to all the other tight ends at the combine were nuts. Yeah. And he can giant st- human, giant human. And I think you can sell yourself on he hardly got targeted, but he was really efficient when he did get targeted at Georgia. So maybe there's something there. I think the Bengals take Darnell Washington at 28. I it's I just. He's a super
2: good guy to uh, player to pair with Herb Smith in terms of if you want to run too tight and stuff. But like they're a pretty heavy eleven personnel team. Like,
1: are they really going to? But Tyler Boyd Boyd? is twenty nine, I think. Like, you know, he's yeah. He's Tyler Boyd is getting to the stage of his career. Okay, he's going to be twenty nine this year, so he's getting to the stage of his career where you start to think, like, do we want to do we want to keep playing this guy? Is he
2: going to be sent out to pasture so that they can go? chase higgins and two tight end sets i mean it's possible and they could rotate irv on more obvious passing downs but have washington in on you know on early downs a lot of teams do that with their tight ends with like both guys i mean even like i don't know why seattle popped in my mind but like when they traded for no fan everyone wanted him to play a ton but they were still playing will disley like they're both at like 60 and
1: darnell washington darnell washington is just like he is he's like disley on steroids you know he's like the best possible version of that type of tight end
2: I, I could see it. I could squint and see it.
1: People right. like uh, Joe Goodberry, biggest Bengals fan I know on Twitter, he's he's talked about this, like Meyer, Kincaid, Washington. And the the downside with Washington is obvious, which is you spend a first-round pick on a guy who turns out to not be good enough to catch passes from Joe Burrow. So you basically just drafted, like, a swing tackle at, at 28 or whatever, which feels terrible, but – I don't know. I just and I don't want to see them take like Gibbs or whatever. Like a running back is worst possible, worst case scenario here.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I think I'm gonna, um, drop that bomb on. Well, I don't know. You have the Eagles coming up. You might take them there. But the Saints are next.
1: Who? I, I mean, they need, they need everything. Yeah. You know. I
2: don't. Yeah, I don't know what what to do with them.
1: They so the Saints' biggest needs. I mean, it 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 kind of it kind of is just like everything, you know. They they don't really have that strong of anything. They need a defensive end. They need wide receivers. They need safeties. They need linebackers. Like they they don't have a strong positional group anywhere, really.
2: Do they need they need safeties? Is Branch a good pick here? Yeah, um.
1: I, I I do think Branch will end up going in the first round. I don't know if a team will trade up or trade down for him. But you know, it's it's sort of like the what Daniel Jeremiah said, like it's a bad year to need a safety. But Branch was a, a starter at Alabama, and he also can play nickel corner some too. So teams are that that's sort of how his agent is representing him. Like he'll be he'll be able to be on the field as a nickel corner too.
2: All right, we're gonna give him to the Saints, even though I can't really defend that pick at all.
1: He's the he's the highest rated prospect on. The board right now from the betting markets. Like he's he's the 18th. If you look at the, the betting odds, he's like the 18th highest guy.
2: Nice.
1: So yeah. Again, some of the, some of these selections are like, yeah, they're gonna take someone. I don't really know who. The the Saints are just a weird team. Uh all right. Who do we think who do we think the Eagles take? Let's we can collaborate on these last two because these are the most fun selections.
2: Well so for Casey I was I thought it'd be really fun if you know reliving the CEH last pick of the first uh round right pick from a few years ago. But the mistake they made was not taking an actually talented back. They could have taken Jonathan Taylor. They also could have taken DeAndre Swift, who's the guy that Jameer Gibbs is constantly comp to. Isaiah Pacheco was great last year. You get a, you know, a production out of a seventh rounder. I would argue he wasn't very good in the passing game. They still wanted like a jerk McKinnon type. McKinnon is just like you know he's very old. He was you called him Dead Legs McKinnon on one of our pods together like three years ago, and he's still like kicking around somehow. Veach,
1: Veach just said so interesting. You bring that up. Veach just did media availability this last week, and he said, "Yeah, we haven't really been talking to Jarek, but he likes to take his time anyway." So we figured we'd call him after the draft, which was interesting just because I hadn't heard them mention him at all. I I was talking with Karain last week, or no, actually I was talking to Sam and uh, Kyle Devorcheck and. I was like, you know, they're they could bring because Daryl Williams and Damian Williams are both not on teams right now, which seems insane. they are like, what? You're bringing yeah. back these thirty year old running backs? It's kind of the way they do it. They love to bring in, yeah, LaShawn McCoy, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette. Is, but is wouldn't still it out be there.
2: fun if they brought in Gibbs and use him as their space back? Like their Jarek McKinnon. I mean, Jameer Gibbs in this offense. Woo. I think you're right. They're not going to do it. They're going to probably just bring in some 30-year-old, like you said, or bring McKinnon back. But Gibbs would fit the McKinnon role alongside Pacheco. That would be a a pretty dang good one-two punch.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, unfortunately, I think it would be fun for the Eagles to take one of these wide receivers and to just go, like, full on, like, let's score 35 points a game. But that's not what Howie's going to do. Howie's going to take one of these edge guys, whoever, whoever it is, I think yeah will yeah. will mcdonald there's a guy who went to k-state felix and duke uzama they did but that that's just what he's gonna do like it's i just feel that deep in my bones
2: i i mean I, i'm right with you i don't i don't buy this he's stuff not with taking the eagles, his... the eagles stuff about Bijan at 10 i don't really buy i know he's one of the only or uh the eagles are one of the only two teams that Bijan actually did a visit with but like i legit think it was to try to drum up Interest with the Cowboys and try to make the Cowboys trade up. Like I think they're messing with Jerry, and I and I think, I mean Howie. There was a lot of people that he got asked about whether they would take Bijan at ten. A lot of people were talking about this quote a few days ago, and he said something about you know you want a unique player at that spot, but he also made a comment like we don't plan to be in this spot again anytime soon. Basically, like it, you know things can go wrong, but we don't plan yeah. to be picking at ten. We're a good team, and I think I mean that's another reason like. A lot of people read his comments about they just want a unique player. It's like, oh, he doesn't care about positional value. I, I don't know. I mean, I like that's a very obvious comment to make. I, I like locked on to the other side of that quote where he said they weren't going to be picking there again soon. And it's like, well, then I don't think he sees it as a luxury pick. A lot of people have talked about this as a luxury right. pick for them. Like I, I think he sees smart this as teams
1: like, don't smart teams don't make luxury picks. Like right. the Chiefs, the Chiefs are paying the cost of fucking up that Clyde edwards pick still, you know, like right. they're, they're yeah. like, they, they, it was such a disaster for them that they're still trying to make up for it.
2: And Howie, Howie, I think gets that almost more than anyone. He, he gets depth. He gets the value of rookie contracts. So what they do at 10, what they do at 30, I'm with you. Like, yeah, load up on edge players. Like they, they obviously value edge depth. It was huge. They were one of the first teams ever last year to have what, like three or four guys that had Ten or eleven. They they They
1: rotate. They're like the number one rotating team on edge rushers. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They have depth in those positions. I think that makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah. All right. We'll give them Will McDonald the fifth from Iowa State.
2: And then are you are you swayed?
1: (laughs) Are you swayed by Zay Flowers thinking his workout process, combine process was done, and then the Chiefs ask him to go fly out to practice with Mahomes? Because let me tell you, I'm pretty Uh, swayed. I'm pretty swayed by the Chiefs literally calling him and being like, hey, do you want to go hang out with Pat for a couple what, days?
2: Can you stomach – you're a Chiefs fan. Zay Flowers is what? 5'10", 1 – what is Dude, he? Dude,
1: I just need anyone on that offense okay, but like, who can do anything after the catch. I,
2: how many receivers – like this that they had. Like he needs to quit Johnson. He needs a, a a physical big receiver. Well,
1: theoretically, MVS is like that guy. Obviously, he's not in practice. <laughs> he's not like in in practice. MVS has not been that guy. A lot of stuff is theoretically guy. true. Right. I mean, like theoretically, they don't need a wide receiver because Kadarius Tony could just miraculously get steel hamstrings and play eighty percent of the snaps. But I I also think that they probably would rightfully self scout and be like. Kelsey could just be done. Like, he could just show up to training camp and be 34 and start playing like a 34 year old tight end. And so much of like, if you think about Mahomes and the Chiefs' success, like, okay, what is like really the outstanding vision? It's not other than the crazy Tyreek plays, it's not 60 yard deep balls and splitting. It's, it's no, Pat dances around, makes an edge rusher miss, hits a guy underneath who then makes a safety miss and they just got, they just converted a third and eight out of nowhere. Right. Felt like, felt like the drive was over. And it's like, well, yeah, Tony can do that on the seven snaps a game he plays, but MVS can't do that. Sky Moore, like rest in peace, buddy. Yeah. I mean,
2: are they just admitting failure with Sky Moore? I think so. I think
1: can, you can't be, pr- I can't, you can't be too proud. I think, I think when you're playing at this level and the goal is to win championships, I don't think you can be like, yeah, let's. They did it with Hardman. I mean, they admitted defeat on Hardman pretty quick. Like Hardman, yeah,
2: quick. They they gave him several years of chances. We
1: was he it. was he a full time player in year two? Maybe I'll maybe I'll change my mind if no. he was.
2: No, he was never really a full time player. That was the hope. was like you, this guy would actually run around. It wasn't until like year three, year four that he actually started playing a lot. And then it was like, oh, but he's also not
1: good. Yeah. So he played under fifty percent of the snaps in over half his games in year two so i i think i think they'll be in a and hardman was always a good punt returner though was was the thing so there was always at least some reason to keep him and and he was good on the jet sweeps and stuff i just are you saying I, sky moore's not a good punt returner he dude it was making me it was like one of the most underrated storylines of the season was that the chiefs could not return a punt like they like it would be like they would be like 50 50 that they'd be giving the ball back to the i think sky muffed they lost that punts.
2: oh yeah they lost that game against the colts he, he muffed one inside the 10 yard line like early and that was the only touchdown the colts got all game until like the very last try. Oh, like, they were God. getting that nothing game? going yeah because matt that was like when matt ryan was quarterbacking and they were really bad offensively i, I mean I, i'm still mad about that because i had the chiefs and they were like an easy bet that week and they freaking lost on the road to the Colts because because more muffed the punt at the five yard. It was. It was,
1: I think they lost like 13 expected points on special teams in that game or something terrible. like that. Yeah. Uh so yeah. I just they and really it's just a matter of what's what's really gonna be a more foundational piece of success. Like there are edge rushers here they could take, there are offensive linemen they could take, and they do, I mean, they love having offensive line depth. That's like they're they're like a they're fetishists about that, but you just need a weapon. You just you gotta be you gotta be taking, you gotta be putting shots on goal because pretty soon Travis Kelsey is not going to be a part. Like Patrick Mahomes is twenty seven, Travis Kelsey's thirty four. It that those circles are about to stop overlapping soon. And then you're like, what do you have? Like if you were if Travis Kelsey broke his foot tomorrow, what do you have? You know, it's it, oh, it yeah. it's
2: scary. It gets real scary. So we can take we can take Zay Flowers here. I'm just telling you. You want I'm not, you want Gibbs. I'm not, I'm not optimistic about Zay Flowers. I'm not. I'm not. That doesn't oh, make.
1: You're you're happy. just down on Flowers. Yeah. Right. I don't like the player fit. Do you think Do you think Hyatt is a better fit? Better. Better talent. Like, cause cause he just at least you'll have that deep route skill set to bail him out. No Marvin Mims even.
2: There isn't really. I mean. There isn't really a great fit, I don't think. After Quentin Johnson, I think people might bring up Cedric Tillman as a, you know another big body like outside guy, but I don't really love him as a guy who wasn't really productive until his fourth year. Um. So yeah, I mean Flowers is the dude that people like here. If I was them, I'd probably take a few shots later, like Mims, but I wouldn't I, w- I would not probably try Mims at 31. I'd try to get him in the
1: second. I see, I think Mims is gonna be a surprise. like I think he's gonna go in the forties. Seems like you seems like so? people seems like people like Mims. Seems like people are getting hip to him. It's possible. It's certainly possible. Or I don't know, Kincaid too. I think like, you know, you just try you just try and draft the Kelsey replacement early. I, I think is a possibility. Although that that is disproven yeah. really quickly because you just go like, yeah, okay, you can draft another tight end, but you're never gonna find another Travis Kelsey. Like he's a unicorn.
2: Right. And they did like they brought in Noah Gray a few years ago. And it's like, yeah, I mean you're just don't hey, don't do the No Noah Gray Noah Gray,
1: Noah Gray was was uh fourth on the Chiefs in receptions in a Super Bowl winning year, so <laughs> <laughs> people forget. People forget Noah Gray, a quintessential part of a championship team. All right. I'm giving them Zay Flowers. So this is our- Go for it. This is our mock draft. Uh, Bryce Young one, CJ Stroud, two. Will Levis. Will Anderson. Jalen Carter. Anthony Richardson. Tyree Wilson. Bijan Robinson. Paris Johnson. Nolan Smith. Christian Gonzalez. Slight faller. Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Texans. Three straight offensive tackles. Skoronsky Wright. Broderick Jones. Devin Witherspoon and Joey Porter. Back to back. Surprising pick, Quentin Johnston the Lions, Lucas Van Nass to the Buccaneers, Miles Murphy, Jordan Addison, Emmanuel Forbes, Deontay Banks, Kale Ringo, Joe Titman, the New York Football Giants, Michael Meyer, Kalija Cancy, Darnell Washington, Brian Branch, Will McDonald, and Zay Flowers. That was a that was a fun exercise. I feel I feel like I, I learned more about what happened.
2: I mean, i I told you this before. I've never done my own mocks. I don't know how people do this. Like, there's so many ways we it's very. it's It's
1: just, and and one thing, you're like, oh, actually, I'm going to change that, and you, it's a whole, it's, whole thing, it's a mess. It's a butterfly effect. And Thinking I, I, about I, Josh Norris getting 15 of these picks right one year is insane. It's crazy.
2: And I mean, it if, I yet. imagine the more research you do, the more things you have to then wrestle with. And, it's and actually more play. convoluted. It's got to be harder, right, at that point. Because then you're like, ah, but I really want to trust this piece. Ah, but I really want to trust that. It's a lot easier when you're just like, I just showed up and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've been paying some loose attention, but I don't know that well. So, exactly yeah, we'll
1: probably guys if you just follow the betting markets, like whatever the betting markets close at, I bet those, I bet if you just took like the highest consensus player for every, for all the top 15 picks or whatever, you do better than, like, I don't know, you know, the most plugged in insider mock, probably.
2: I, I mean, I, I don't doubt that at all. The markets are always. Sure. And we
1: didn't do we didn't do any trades, right? There's probably going to be a minimum of two trades, I would say. Oh, sure. we did, we did one trade. We, did, we one. did one trade.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We did the one in the top ten, but I'm sure there'll be um I was just looking at that too, and I was like, that's a hard thing. I mean, like, how do you structure the trades? There's always like big ones. Last year we had the we had AJ Brown move in the middle of the first round for the the Titans to take uh Traylon Burks. There's always like stuff that comes out of nowhere bill Hol- i mean hollywood really
1: hollywood got traded i mean last year's first round was nuts
2: it was crazy and i think we're gonna get that this year i mean i'm kind of glad that rogers got traded before because that would have been another big one but it's gonna talk like that there's a good example of one where every mock up until now has had the jets and the packers in the wrong spot in the first round because they yep. swapped yeah 100 like, there's gonna be movement
1: yeah all right dude what's coming on stealing signals post-draft you put you putting rookie rankings out what's the what's the vibe
2: i wrote a little pre-draft rookie ranking thing today i mean i'm not huge in the dynasty streets but um i put you know i'll, I'll get my takes out there i'm gonna write up a receiver that's a hopefully a day two pick maybe day three pick that i kind of like either tomorrow or thursday before the draft it's kind of like not like my guy but just somebody that i think is kind of intriguing that I haven't heard a lot about, not like Marvin Mims, who, you know, I feel like everybody, he's everybody's favorite sleeper this year. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, after the draft, I'm going to start doing projections pretty heavy in May. Yeah. A lot of stuff coming for sure.
1: All right. Beautiful. Everyone sign up for stealing signals. A link to that will be in the description of this show. Uh, Sign up for the automatic absolutes newsletter as well. You're just going to be fucking inundated with newsletters. You're going to get (laughs) Corrine's newsletter. You're going to get Ben's newsletter. You're going to get my newsletter. You're going to get Pete's newsletter. You're never, you're just going to, you're every time you open up your email, there's just going to be a new newsletter. There's going to be something you have to read. Uh, And you can subscribe to the Patreon for this program as well. If you want more bonus content doing lots of shows with Brian Hooper and uh, I'll be back next week.